Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sarah. And I'm Beth. We're lawyers, mothers, and co-hosts of the bipartisan podcast, Pantsuit Politics. We have more in common than divides us. In a world that defaults to false dichotomies, we explore the messiness of living wisely. The choices, trade-offs, priorities, and grace of living a nuanced life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Nuanced Life. We're loving our new format still, so we're going to be talking about a cultural issue in the first segment. It's going to be Taylor Swift. Spoiler alert. In the second segment, we'll be taking questions. We love getting your questions. And in the third segment, as always, we'll be commemorating important life events. So first things first. I'm trailing behind just like in cheer, but I finally caught up and watched Miss Americana. Is that how you pronounce that? That's I've been saying question. Miss Americana. Miss Americana. I think you're right. Miss Americana. Because that's the song, Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. Okay. Taylor Swift. Go. I loved it. I loved it, too. It's so fitting for this episode of The Nuanced Life because Miss Americana is a wonderful demonstration of how work and life are not separate containers for really anybody, and particularly not when you are as ridiculously famous as Taylor Swift has been for a really long time. I mean, one of the first things that I noticed watching this was how surprised I was that, like, Taylor Swift has been a huge part of life for a long time. I knew that. I knew she'd been famous for she was so, so young because I thought that Tim McGraw song was stupid, but it's because she was like 12 when she wrote it. So that's fine. Um, That was harsh. Just a little silly. Silly is probably fairer than stupid. But what I was really struck by was how, because she was so young and because she is clearly gifted, built, a genius, a savant, whatever you want to say, like songwriting is what makes her happy, what she does, what she does well. It's like sort of that, what we're all looking for, right? What we're good at and this passion that makes us happy and uh, all the the stars align. And she achieved that at such a young age. It doesn't seem to me at any point that she was pushed into this, that she was sort of propped up. I mean, I think she had privilege and resources that made her success more attainable than other people's. But she is clearly talented. And worked her butt off. Yeah. And that's when I think the smartest moves the documentary makes is just showing her just sit and meddle with a song. And like that part of the creative process process where you're just looking at a blank page and being like, well, does this work? What do I think about this? It's exhausting. It's incredibly difficult. And she does it a lot. So mad props. But like the intersection of all these things and still and still she fell into the same traps. Somebody who had 15 majors, couldn't decide what to do, does, which is looking to other people for worth and approval. Only she had to experience it at the most insane levels. Yeah, I really loved seeing her support system and seeing how healthy it was, even as she dealt with all of this 
toxicity in terms of the press and social media and realizing that even when you have great resources, a great team, this beautiful relationship with your mother that is not always the case with people who were famous from a very early Mm -hmm. age. I loved seeing that her mom seems like this really nice, lovely friend and support system to her. Even with all of that good structure around her, just being famous is horrible. What it does to people is horrible. And it, it never felt to me like she was complaining about any of that, more that she was just learning to deal with it and expressing what she had learned in that process and being pretty critical of herself as she was doing that. You know, I loved the moment in Miss Americana when they show her sitting on a couch and she starts talking about something and then she says, sorry. And then she says, why did I apologize for saying this thing about my career sitting in this house that I paid for with money from songs I wrote, you know, and and Mm -hmm. you can just see her still kind of working through what does it mean to have a healthy attitude about all of this? Like you don't look at her, you don't look at Whitney Houston or Amy Winehouse or Michael Jackson or Elvis. I mean, that level of fame is so toxic. A 20-something-year-old girl should be able to walk around in public like that's a thing you, you she should be able to move about the world mm-hmm. and not on private jets you know like I I just look at that and I think it's so so terrible for the human psyche like I really do feel like we should give Madonna some sort of Nobel Peace Prize or like study her in a psychological lab because her resiliency in the fa- I mean Madonna I think is one of the few people who has reached that zenith like the arena everyone knows you by one name especially for as long as she had that fame and has survived it somehow I mean every one of her contemporaries is dead yeah. <laughs> just that's, that's that simple they're all dead um, Prince Michael Jackson Whitney Houston they're all dead and I just think like, what is that? How do they do? How does Beyonce seems to be at some level of health psychologically? Oprah, like what's how do they survive that? And I think part of it, especially, well, with Beyonce and Madonna to have reached that level of fame so young. I'm just totally fascinated. And I think this documentary is both so fascinating because that is such a unique experience and she's lays it bare. And because so much of what she's going through is so normal you know like it's just like the most normal insecurities I think that most women deal with as they age and get into their 30s and so it's like both of these really fascinating examinations wrapped up together when she talked about how she won the Grammys and then didn't have somebody that she really wanted to call about it and recognize Mm. the place that career was taking in her life and how she had sacrificed a lot of friendships for it I thought that was so relatable. I thought that the way that she just interacted with people, um, that conversation where she was talking about wanting to speak out politically, and it's Taylor Swift and her mom on a couch and across the room, her dad and these men who worked for the recording company, I guess, and she and her mom are advocating for her using her voice politically and everyone else is saying no, 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 no. I feel like that dynamic exists for so many of us. Mm -hmm. It's just all a matter of degrees. And I really liked that she was so open in the process of making this because 
it, it made me feel both like I cannot fathom what it means to be Taylor Swift for even two seconds and like I just really like her and I think I would yeah. enjoy having her as a person in my life. I, along with the rest of the global population, loved the um what was the the one that really made her famous with the costume ball? Um, You Belong to Me. Loved that album. Loved that song. We played the living crap out of it in law school. Me and my friends did. And then I did get to a point with her where I was like, sweetheart, I need you to go have something else to say. Like someone who is like such a storyteller as she is in her songs, like if you're in a very different place in your life, like there's a part of you that's like, okay, I need you to either, I need you to like get married or have a kid or change career to something. It's like, you know, it's how everybody reacted when Adele broke up with her husband, which is very sad for her personally. But everybody was like, yay, we'll get heartbreak music. You know, like you just, there's, there. It, I got to a point with her. I think everybody got oversaturated with her. I think she got oversaturated with her. Um, and so seeing her like come to that moment and the Kanye West thing and how that played out for her personally, like when we all remember where we got to a point where it was like, oh, God, no more Taylor Swift it was just so interesting. I think she handled it so well. And to like drop off and then come back and tell the story of how it's you know what this documentary reminded me a lot of. And I know she's big fans of them and they work together is shut up and sing with the Dixie Chicks because they kind of dropped off. And then you got to see the like what they were going through during all that sort of controversial time. It's one of my favorite documentaries of all time. And so I just love that that peek at like sort of on the ground when they're struggling with all this stuff. It's really sad that we get tired of people, but we just do. I mean, I get tired of my husband, so I don't know why I wouldn't get tired of people. <laughs> celebrities well and we get tired of somebody being so good at what they do and we get tired of somebody always being mm -hmm. in all the places and it's normal and it also is a reaction that commoditizes that person you know and it's yes we got tired of taylor swift on the radio for a while but but taylor swift's existence is real and and i just thought this did a really nice job of sort of balancing those two things and also i think when she came back it's so good. I mean, I love yeah. her new stuff. Lover's I think You Need to album. Calm Down is genius. Like every single word of it, I think you could not have done a better job taking these experiences that you've just had and making them artistically relevant in your aesthetic. Like it's just, it's phenomenally done. I mean, listen, Taylor Swift's logged her 50,000 hours at this point, even though she is only 30 years old. As far as songwriting is concerned, if she's been doing it since she was like basically as a full time job since she was 15 years old. I mean, she's like a master songwriter at this point. She's only 30. It's pretty amazing. I would like to talk about a couple more superficial aspects of this documentary. First, the cat backpack. Did you have a reaction to the cat backpack? I didn't even notice the cat backpack. <laughs> what? You didn't notice that she was walking for her private jet with this, like, rocket ship circle window backpack that her cat was peeking pe uh, out of? That her cat was inside of. I thought yes. you meant, like, that had a cat on it or something. No. I was like, what are we even talking about? That was carrying yes, the cat. that she was carrying her cat around. I yes. did notice that. I, I did not have much of a reaction to it other than this is a way in which we're different. <laughs> also, the other thing I want to talk about that I felt like Taylor... Swift just changed my life is the moment when she stuck a tortilla chip in her burrito. Why have I never thought of that? Why has no one told me to do that? That's genius. 
I do that all the time. What? Yes. This Why is didn't you tell me to do that? Well, I mean, I didn't know that anyone didn't know that it was available to them. But like, I that's did the best not. part of tortilla chips, that they can just scoop all the good stuff. No, she didn't scoop. She literally stuck it, sandwiched it in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as you're biting. Yeah, yeah. And having the crunch factor inside the burrito. Yes. Yeah. I think both okay. ways, it's a beautiful thing. I love to scoop out the inside. I love to crunch on it. I mean, you've put like potato chips on a sandwich before, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the same concept. Okay. Well, let me just share with you a little insight into my marriage and my life. When Nicholas and I were newlyweds and we lived in North Carolina, there was the, ma- the most amazing burrito place. Rocket Burrito? I don't remember the name. The people in North Carolina will email me. It's amazing. And my husband is, uh, I don't know if we talked about this on the show, the cheapest man on planet Earth. He's gotten better. But when we were first marrying, like the level of cheapness knew no bounds. And I feel very strongly that while I'm eating a burrito or while I'm at a Mexican restaurant, like I like to continue to eat the tortilla chips for the crunch. He did not want to pay the additional money that you had to pay at this like stand up burrito place to get tortilla chips with your burrito. We had a fight and he was like, I've never seen you eat tortilla chips while eating your Mexican food. Like you just made that up because you went on a night. That's not a thing you do. So, of course, for the next 16 years of our marriage, Every time I eat tortilla chips with like while the meal is ongoing, not just before the food comes or at a burrito place, I make a point of pointing it out. And so I just I feel like this takes this whole internal debate within my marriage to the next level, because now I can be like, oh, not only do I like to eat them as I'm eating the burrito, I want to eat them in the burrito. It's just I felt it felt very life changing in that moment. Well, I'm glad that she was able to give you that gift. Mm -hmm. Just it was a real It was a gift. Thank you, Taylor Swift. We will be right back after this short message from our sponsor. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Motherhood is a crazy, sometimes overwhelming, almost always rewarding journey that can sometimes make you feel a bit isolated. If you ever felt alone in the madness that is parenthood, then do we have a show for you? From Audio Boom comes a brand new podcast just for you, all you moms, appropriately called FAM for All Moms. Join host Susan Yara and Sharzad Kiyaday as they dive into mom topics that are both hilarious and serious. Susan and Sharzad share their sometimes embarrassing experiences along with advice and commentary from experts and friends. These ladies are real and relatable, tackling just about any topic in their lives, whether it's about their kids, marriage, or life in general. This Audio Boom original podcast has new episodes every Wednesday and is available on your favorite podcast app right now. Be sure to search for it and subscribe to FAM for All Moms in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever your favorite podcast app is. So before we get to our advice question, we wanted to do a little update on a similar commemoration from this fall. It's from Mary, and we read her commemoration 
about asking for a raise with a promotion that she got in the fall that had additional responsibilities, uh, but not additional compensation. She says, I just wanted to let you know that it took some time, but at the end of the year, I got a bump, a little one, because I asked. I had to ask for the raise because I promised myself that I would call an employer on it if I felt like they were taking unfair advantage. But actually getting what I asked for went a long way to heal some woundedness I had around feeling exploited and unappreciated by previous employers. It didn't cost my employer much, but it just got them much more for me. Congratulations, Mary. Mm-hmm, that's awesome. It's good news. So we are going to also check in with Sarah today, who has a dream job at an engineering firm and is also wondering how to ask for a raise. Sarah says, because we are an engineering consulting firm, I have to complete timesheets each week, billing whatever projects I work on, and everyone has a utilization goal of a certain number of billable hours to achieve per year. I didn't meet my goal for the time I worked in 2018 because I had just started, but I did not meet my goal for 2019 either. I don't usually stress about this because as an entry-level employee, I see it as my manager's responsibility to keep me busy. I'm vocal when I'm running low on project tasks to work on, and he never brings up my utilization rate in reviews. I've pretty much only received positive feedback from him on my work. I tried to ask for a raise on my one-year mark of working at the company, but he suggested that an end-of-year raise would be easier to justify than a mid-year raise, and I didn't push anything. But the end of the year rolled around, and in the chaos of the holidays, I forgot to ask. I want to bring it up again, but because I didn't meet my goal in 2019, I don't feel like I deserve it, even though my manager has complimented me before on how much progress I've made since I started. How do you ask for a raise when you don't feel like you truly deserve it? Is not receiving a raise in about a year and a half unusual? I always got an annual raise at my previous company. How much do I ask for? Thoughts and advice would be greatly appreciated. If this is all you, sister, I don't have a lot of expertise in this. Okay, Sarah. Here's the thing. Billable hours are terrible, and all professional services firms need a new approach. That's thing number one. That's not your responsibility. I just like to put it out into the world whenever I have an opportunity to. Second... I think that a year and a half is a good amount of time to have been at a place and start the discussion, because certainly within that period, if you've had performance reviews, you should be expecting a compensation review at some point. And that's the first question I would ask. I would go back and say, hey, end of year has come and gone. And I know that we talked about this last year and that you said end of year is the right time. I would really love to understand, is there a formal process for compensation review? I don't know when the budgeting is done here. I want to be sensitive to all the factors that go into setting compensation. I also want to make sure that I have an opportunity to talk through why I think it's a good time to look at an increase for me. So I would find out the process, get as much information as you can. And then as you prepare for whatever conversation needs to happen next, I would start compiling things that demonstrate the value that you're providing, even if you're not meeting those utilization numbers yet. So a lot of professional services firms set those goals knowing that they're too high for the first couple of years. And there are lots of reasons why enough work doesn't get to people in those first couple of years. There are other places that really do expect you to hit those numbers. So one conversation to have with your supervisor, it sounds like you have a good relationship, is just how real are these numbers? How meaningful is this? What can I be doing more consistently to increase my utilization numbers? 
And I would compile the other other metrics of value. You know, here's where I got really great feedback from you. Here's where I got really great feedback from a colleague. Here's where a client is really happy. Here's what I've learned over the past year and a half. And I know I'm more valuable today than when I started. And you also have to remember that in a lot of professional services firms, salaries are very compressed. They start you really high so that they can. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And recruit really great talent, but then their raises tend to be pretty small for the first few years because they, they have invested in that first year when you really aren't going to be bringing in anything that covers your salary or that justifies that value, knowing that you will in, in a couple of years with some training and education. So I would say you are not at all wrong to expect to have a discussion about compensation in the very near future. It might not be a huge leap, so temper your expectations, but still know what you think you deserve. Find out what the process is supposed to be and get as much information as you can about the best presentation of your case for an increase in that process. Beautiful. I coast on everything Beth said. And also, if you are a person who's a decision maker, stop using billable hours. It's terrible. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come right back. The weather is getting warmer, which means wedding season is rapidly approaching. And if you are like me and you procrastinate, sometimes you get to the registry and everything is taken. And then you're stuck trying to think up a really good, thoughtful gift for the bride and groom. We have a solution for you. Skylight frames are touchscreen photo frames you can update instantly by email. Friends and family can email beautiful moments they captured and send them right to the frame and they'll appear in seconds. You can also preload the skylight frame with your favorite photos from the wedding for a more personalized gift. The bride and groom will love it. I like the idea of like putting wedding shower photos on the skylight frame and then giving it at the wedding. I think that would be really fun. Skylight is also a great gift for mom. If you constantly have mom asking you for more photos, you can now just send them to her via the skylight frame and they will appear instantly. It's super easy to use. It sets up in under 60 seconds. You just plug in, connect to Wi-Fi, and enjoy. 100% guaranteed. If you don't love your skylight, they'll offer you a full refund. I got the best news that I am going to be an aunt for the first time. And I have decided that I just need to get my mom, sister, and me all skylight frames so that as my new niece or nephew who will live in Chicago comes into the world, we can get instant shots of that baby as often as we're going to want them. Probably not as often as we're going to want them, but with regularity from my sister without her having to think much about it. Now, as a special offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter code LIFE. That's right. To get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com and enter code LIFE. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com, promo code LIFE. 
want to commemorate Butch today, who wrote to us to celebrate the first year working at the university um, in a job that has taken a toll on him physically and emotionally, including a visit to the ER for what he describes as a mild cardiac event. I love people who can describe something in such measured ways um, (laughs) that I know is really significant and traumatic. Butch says, I'm commemorating the one-year anniversary of this job. I've made an impact on many of my new students and have found that I'm depended on by several people in my department. I'm celebrating the stress, the wake-up call with my health, and the joys that these challenges have brought. I'm creating strategies to effectively communicate my needs in the department so I don't continue to take on people's stressors. I'm going to make positive life changes with my diet and exercise. I'm going to establish new social connections within my community because I can no longer use the excuse of, I don't know if I'll like it after a year, I may move back home. Congratulations, Butch. I think this is really great. I think it's another thing. Like we put all the emphasis on the beginning of an event and there's, you know, lots of fun ways to commemorate a new job. And I think most people are pretty good at that. But looking at sort of the not messy middle, but just the continued journey of that particular job or career path and and. The fact that we call it a job, but that (laughs) any job is constantly changing. I mean, I I would never categorize the podcast as one job when we started in 2015 as like a little hobby and we had babies. I mean, we've gone through like four different iterations since then, and everyone is more important and everyone um, required big adaptations and changes. And I just think being aware of how you go through these cycles and you, it's like you are starting a new job every time you learn something or every time you get a new boss or every time you realize that the stress of the job is affecting you and you have to make some shifts. I just think that's a really important thing to keep an eye on. I 100% agree. I also think we need to have collectively a serious conversation about how stressful working at universities is. Mm-hmm. The faculty and yeah. universities, it should not be as pressure-filled and intense and exhausting as what that they as what so many people on faculties are enduring right now. Yeah, and I don't know enough to be able to accurately diagnose the roots of that problem, but I just want to say like. I see it playing out everywhere, and I think it is damaging to those beloved people who dedicate their lives to education and to the students receiving that education and and to all of us. It is unhealthy. I mean, this is true of so many professions, but Butch's commemoration makes me think about all the people I know and love who work in universities, and it's too much. I think it makes sense, right? Because we talk about the rising cost of higher education almost primarily through the stress it puts on students and parents trying to pay for it, and that's 100% true. But the reality is that the higher cost of higher education is also affecting the staff and administration because the more you pay for something, the more you expect from it. And when they, they're this constant pressure to convey value and make people happy and students are becoming more like consumers than academics and all those, I mean, all those pressures come to play on these people who are not seeing, you know, massive pay income increases from the tuition increases. 
let's be clear. And so I think I think that's got to be part of it. It reminds me of um, a listener, Maggie, who owns a um, is it a karate studio or mm, a taekwondo taekwondo studio? And she was talking about like. When you when parents pay a lot for a lesson, you feel this obligation to like convey like let's do recitals and let's do this because you want people to feel like they're getting their money's worth. I'm sure that same sort of mental game comes into play at universities. And that stacks on top of the pressure that they already had to be really excellent teachers as well as researchers Mm -hmm. and authors. It's just a lot of things at one time and a lot of pressure on individual people. And so I'm so glad, Butch, that you are coming up with some strategies to invest in yourself and in your relationships. I know all of that will make you even more successful professionally, even though those things will sometimes feel like their intention. And um, just thank you for sharing this with us. Thank you all of you for sharing your commemorations and your questions with us. We love spending this time with you every week. Please keep them coming. And until next week, we'll be in your ears over at Pantsu Politics. But until then, keep it nuanced, y'all. Dylan Garvin produces The Nuance Life. Elise Knapp is our managing director. The Nuance Life is listener supported. Go to patreon.com slash the nuance life. For $5 each month, you'll receive an entire bonus episode of The Nuance Life. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. Dylan Garvin is the composer and performer of our ad music. For more information about The Nuance Life and to connect with us through our weekly email, visit pantsuitpoliticsshow.com.